You're listening to the Love is Black podcast. Where the host of fly. The love is dope. And the conversation's always 100. On this episode, we welcome our first guest, Bertrand Gamba. Bertrand discusses 1% Man, his manifesto that speaks to the kind of men we need in today's society and climate. We delve into the physical, mental, and financial attributes men need to perfect before they date. Bertrand is a best-selling author, speaker, coach, and high-performance consultant with over 10 years of experience. He has won awards while serving in the U.S. Armed Forces. Bertrand has been featured on Thrive Global, Good Men Project, Thank You Heartbreak, Peridot Imagery, Medium, Sick Big Buzz, True Toast Online Magazine, and The Washington Post. Hello and welcome back. This is Harvey. And I'm Carice. And you are back at the Love is Black podcast. Hope you had a great week. Hope you got to step out of the house a little bit. I know I didn't and the wifey didn't, but hey, it's the world that we live in. This is a very special episode, episode 10. And we have a guest. Sir, introduce yourself. What's up, everyone? My name is Bertrand. I just want to take a minute and say introductions. Um, are so funny it's kind of like at the job interview when they say so tell us a little bit about yourself and you're just like mm. you don't want to sound like overconfident and be like oh I'm, I'm the best person ever walked in this room but you don't want to <laughs> sound like uh i'm just like another dude that comes off the street um or even like online dating when you have to have a whole profile right so it's like how do you introduce yourself with 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 saying like i'm really good but i'm also a nice guy but I'm the best person you're ever going to talk to. So <laughs> but I'll say this, guys. So um, my name is Bertrand. I consider myself a 1% man. I love what I do in terms of like coaching men and um, just also being a black man in this world and trying to figure it all out too as well. So you can say, I guess that's the best intro I have for you. <laughs> that's a pretty awesome one. I, I like, like it. I like, I like it you better than I did a minute ago. I feel even <laughs> well done, bro. You know, it. if I wasn't married, you know, we would, you know, we could, no, I'm just playing. Wow. <laughs> so for those of you who have listened to the Deal Breakers episode, that's my Deal Breaker. I was going to say, right? Out, I might have to contact people tomorrow. Wow. Right? You told me that. You said, you said, because I'm, I'm not growing, like you even said, I'm not going to grow one. So I'm about to let you go. <laughs> yeah, <Right>? exactly. exactly. <laughs> wow. So, I don't You're know. So Things are changing so fast. It's so only, only because of Coach B, you know, not other random dude. That's special. Coach B. And now we move on. Yes. All right, Coach B, Bertrand, um, let us know more about this concept. What is exactly the concept of the 1% man? Oh, I appreciate it. I love this question. So um, the the... You can say like the um, the genesis of it really started longer ago, kind of started really in college for me because leaving college and also being black, one of the biggest things is that we know education, higher education is so important. So not having that degree, um, I felt like it really set me back. But then a lot of times things that, I was, things that I was doing in college was I was following society. I was following what everyone else was doing. I wasn't being a leader. So for me, the 1% man is all about going against what 99% of men in society set for standards of men. I also preach a lot about 
and I, and I scream this all the time, not scream physically, but just saying something I preach a lot is that mental health for men, right? Having a therapist. It, when, I, when I started talking about going to therapy, a lot of, a lot of men would, um, would like almost attack me and say, oh man, you're crazy. Uh, you're weird for doing that. But there's a big um, bad, bad like backlash with it. So for me, it was like doing the things that most men didn't want to do to prepare myself for things that I really wanted to do, like have a family, have a business, wife and kids and all that. So it's, a, it's just about preparation. That's the 1% man. It's preparing himself early in life before later on in life, you, you, don't, you don't have to backtrack. I don't, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, is there anything that you hard feel you identify with the one percent man concept, or you feel like you fall in that ninety nine percent range? <laughs> you knew the answer to that question. Like that's okay. like, like that's a softball. Here, get this. No, I don't. I think very few men really even consider themselves in that ninety nine percent. I think most people in general, we think that we're unique, that we're special, that we go against the grain. I know I do. In terms, just talking about me, in terms of my opinions, how I live life and such, I think I'm pretty much against the grain. So I think I definitely fall in, at least entitled to the one percent man. But let's let's delve in. So talk to, give me an idea. So we've talked about what the one percent man means. It's you know being able to date, but being prepared to date. Yes. So give us an example about that. Or if I went off course, you kind of push me back onto the right side. No, you're, you're totally on court. So for me, I, and I can, I can really talk about myself. I don't want to talk about clients, but I'll talk about myself, right? So first thing for me, it's like, I was always dating women, right? Whether I had a job or not, um, whether I had money or not. And it was, it, it got to a point where I'll say, and, it, and this is just recent, right? I was in a relationship with a, with, with a, um, with a nice lady. However, um, I stopped working at the same company she worked for. So I went off to do um, insurance and I was just doing that full time, but the income wasn't steady for me, right? Um, but even though I had money saved up, she didn't know that we didn't really like discuss finances like that. So she never wanted to know my finances. So I, that's totally fine. But I wanted to claim her and I, and she, I wanted her to claim me. Like I wanted the title, like, Hey, we're dating. I want this exclusive. I just, I like that sort of like, you know, we know where we stand. It's not just a willy nilly, like we're wasting time. Um, so for me and her, what, what, what we did was, um, we broke up because one, she just said, Hey, you know what? You don't have that security for me. Right. And I was just like, oh, well, that's weird. Like, I've been spending all this time with you. I came over your house, helped you move and do all this. Like, I'm almost like keep it's like I keep uh, pushing myself onto you, like try to tell you, like, hey, I'm a good guy. Like, and, and I'm, I'm showing you that I'm good. And I'm not doing this because I want to date you. I'm doing because I really just wanted to be, you know, with her. And I just liked her presence. She liked me. Um, so when I so it was kind of like a um, stab in the back when she when she did that to me. So to me, I was just like, you know what? I never want to feel like that again. And then I talked to other guys and other guys were like, oh man, that's just like charges to the game. That's just normal. And I was just like, is that really normal? Like um, that we should be like that, you know, that we should just like charge it to the game. Like, don't worry, there's going to be another fish in the sea. You'll be all right. And I was just like, well, what if I just took some time, prepared myself for it? Right. And even before that, even before I was starting to talk with her, I went on this like this like sabbatical journey of almost three years of like having no sex and just trying to figure out who I was and um, going through t going to therapy and um, just like staying away from women as much as I could in terms of like sexual relationship, just like nice, like, hey, ca um, calm, like, hey, how you doing? All that. That was fine. But anything like intimate, there was nothing there because I really wanted to figure out who I was and what I brought to the table and all that. So to me, I was just like the one piece that I think 
a lot of men are missing and that that's what like 99% is like, I talk about is like finances, money, right? A lot of people talk about change your mindset, you know, change your life. But I really say, no, as a man, you really have no value until you really have money, right? As, as and yes, you know, you're valuable to God and all that. But at the end of the day, if you're not a producer and you don't have money, there's really nothing to talk about, right? That's interesting. What is your scale for determining your financial readiness? Like, when do you know you have enough? Is it when you have enough in your savings? Is it when you're just not living check to check? Is it while you're still living check to check, but living a good life? So it's so so every I think every situation is different, but how I gauge it is if you're making zero, if you're excuse me, if you're making a dollar to about 50k to about 50k a year, you should be able to have 10k saved up in your bank, right? And if you're 50k to 100k, 50 to 100k, you should have about um, 25k saved up in your bank. And if you are uh, if you're making over 100k, if you're a male making over 100k and, and above, should have at least 30 to 50k saved up in your bank. So the reason why we, the reason why I say this first is because there's certain, there's certain principles and, and um, actions and things you have to take to save that much money up, right? That's just a lot, a lot of people don't just get granted a small loan of a million dollars from their, from their parents, right? So a lot of times, <laughs> shots fired. Wonder who you're referencing. <laughs> but the thing for us is that you, we have to save up, right? And money gives you a certain level of confidence, a certain level of just, um, how do I say, just a certain level of like ease about life, right? A peace and assurance that when I lay my head down, I don't have to worry about, oh, can I pay my rent? Or can I go out? And if, and the, the, I always tell my, my parents this, right? The average funeral is, is $10,000, right? So if I have 25K saved up, I'm liable to take about two people, two and a half people I can pay for, right? I'm good. You know what I mean? Like no one die until then, but it's just that running joke I always have, right? It's like, I'm, I, I can there's certain things that I can do that I'm not able to do. Right. I can pull from my savings and I, I have that money for, for myself. So it's just a certain level of confidence you can exude, um, exude and it's just a certain level of zeal. It's just, it's amazing when you have that money, you just feel, you feel different about life. You look at life differently. So when you have that money saved up, I hope that answers your question. Definitely did. I it think does. that it does. It does. It I does. just wanted to talk about now you were talking about the relationship and how it ended. Yes. And after it ended, you went and you decided to kind of change your life and you go for therapy and just trying to figure and maybe find yourself. Listening to your situation, and I don't know, this might just be the beginning of my, you know, my unpopular, unpopular opinions. opinions <laughs> to that relationship. And I'm like, she the problem. And in that case, I'm not looking for therapy. I'm like looking to offer, to suggest maybe you should go. And I'm not saying the fact that you went is good. But I feel like that situation and how it ended up, it seems strange that you decided to go to therapy because of that. You prepared, you were being a good guy, you were supportive, and then she was like, she she backed out. And then you felt betrayed by it. But then you went and got therapy. Or did you do it because you thought you were wrong in how the relationship ended? What did you, th what was your impetus based on that relationship to then go and try to improve yourself? Because you sounded pretty good to me in that relationship. Of, of course, it's a one-sided story, of course, right? So the right. whole, so the whole gist of the story. So this is how, like, it, it all ended, right? So, um, my, so I was supposed to, I was supposed to come over. I was supposed to come over like Saturday or Sunday. Um, Saturday, Sunday, I couldn't come. I couldn't come like Saturday because, like, 
I had like a million things I was doing. And then I, I, I totally said, Hey, I'm gonna come over. And I, I just didn't text or anything like that. So rolls into Sunday, Sunday morning, we're late for church. Um, I'm one of, I'm like super, I was super involved in church. Right. So, uh, I'm super late. I'm trying to get things going. And then, then again, I like, I totally don't text her. I told I don't text her back at all. Right. And I'm leaving her hanging. So it's like kind of like two times in a row. And then the, uh, and then that Sunday night, I like fall asleep and I'm like, I'm probably dead. Right. Cause after church, I get people a ride home. Um, you know, we shout and dance in church and church for us is a typical, like, you know, three, four, five hours. So it's just like, man, like, you know, and then, you know, that, that Sunday, the Holy Ghost really hits you. So you're just like, I was practically done. Right. <laughs> so, um, fast forward that Monday, um, I think it's that Sunday night we're talking, I believe. Um, we, she's like, Hey, I, I say, Hey, I apologize. You know, I totally forgot. Um, I was just doing a lot of things, but, um, but then she was just like, you know what? Don't apologize for my, don't, don't apologize for my emotions. Like apologize for not communicating. And I, and I get it. Like I, w- I was a bad communicator in that point. Right. But then I just kind of got really I, like my ego took the best of me in that sense. I was just like, you know what? Nah, forget that. Like, um, like I've been, you she knows I've been like pushing and I've been working to try to be with you. And if, if that's the case and you don't, and, and like, and, and you can't like see past that, then all right, fine. You know what? I guess, you know, this is probably easier for me to walk away. Right. And I think it was, I think it was easier for me to walk away in that sense, because one, like we haven't been, we, we, we never had sex either. So that was good. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what, let me take some time away. And then if she messages me, then I'll talk to her. If she doesn't message me, I won't talk to her. That's fine. You know what I mean? And we'll just be friends and that's totally okay. So that's like kind of the whole gist of the story. And then there's also a special piece as well. It's like my mom, like <laughs> this is, I, maybe I shouldn't put it out there. Right. But my mom was, my mom also told her like, Hey, she, 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 she told her like, I think you and him are wasting time being together because you, cause like, you know, she, she has her own place and stuff, but she's still growing into her career and I'm still growing in my career. Right. So at the same time, um, and culturally in African families, it's just like, you don't really like, you don't bring somebody home unless you're like, Hey, like you want this to be serious. So for me, bringing, bringing her to meet the mom and all that was like pretty serious for me because it's like, it's an African culture thing. It's like culturally, like you stay in the house with your family. And then after, when you're ready to move, you move out and like, boom, you guys establish that household together. See? So, um, so that, so in, in terms of like rejection on both ends, right? Like, mom's kind of like nah, i'm not pleased with her um she's just like yeah your mom doesn't really like me and then it's just like okay if if um if you can't see that i'm okay with going against what my mom says and going with you then i guess you know if you can't handle that criticism this i get a lot of criticism in my life anyway right like already so it's just like um probably won't be the best person for me anyway so me making that decision and then on top of me going to therapy so this kind of knows a long story but for me going to therapy was because i just told myself i was like you know what um, maybe there's a lot of issues that I'm having. If I'm not texting back, um, if I'm not doing certain things, so why is it I'm not doing that? So I wanted to get certain tools and resources to help myself to figure out what, why, why am I like this? What am I doing like this? So for me, it's, it's yet, yet again, that 1% aspect again, is that introspection of being, of saying, instead of putting the blame on her, taking 100% ownership and saying, the relationship ended because of me. I did something wrong, so let me go fix it. Let me go find out the reason why I need to fix myself. You know, all right. Quick question. <laughs> I just off the just because of the I'm Haitian. Are I mean, so we're similar. Yes, yes, hundred percent. So yeah, my dad's Haitian, mom's Cameroonian. Could you marry? Oh, okay. Yep. Could you marry a woman that your mom didn't like? Yes, I could. I definitely could. 
Yep. Even I, me and her, we have a great relationship and we talk about everything. But then at the end of the day, I, I still my life and I still have to live with it. Right. So if I'm so just there's a so it's kind of funny. I should say on WhatsApp um, back home, you can kind of say like I'm kind of like a big deal, kind of like coming to America. Right. I always tell people this story because I'll get I'll get a text message of all these women that want to that that um, that want to marry me. And they'll send money and they'll be like, oh, well, this lady wants to give you 25000 to marry you. Hey, this person wants to give you this much to marry you. And it's just like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, nah, I'm okay. I don't want that. Nope, I don't want this her. This sounds like her. this is what the introduction should have been at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, so, here's why you want me. There are women all around the world who want to give me money and marry me. <laughs> so culturally so in, in our culture it's 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 funny because and you know being being african right and having all these options i'm just like uh no and then to, to go even <laughs> even my even my grandma my grandma's funny because my grandma would, she'll so message me she'll be like yeah i'm looking for a wife for you did you like did you like the pictures i sent you did you like this girl i sent you i'm just like nah i'm okay i i'm, I'm trying to find someone myself you know so <laughs> wow he came to america to find his bro Yes. <laughs> trying, trying, trying. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So the therapy, you would say that was a part of your mental preparation. 100%. Excellent. Would you recommend that for other men who are trying to go that 1% man route in preparation to date? And what kind of tools, what are the benefits to that? So I have a, I have a recommendation of at least, you have to go to therapy at least for a year to two years. That's what I, I think all men should do, especially if you're single, if you're a single male, you should go for at least a year to two years because um, a lot of times it's going to take a while to find a good one, uh, find a good therapist. You know, you might go through two, four, five, maybe. Um, and then some are just, some are good, some are just bad. And then everyone has different ways of doing things as well. Not all therapists are the same, but the tools and resources for me, one thing I, I got was about sitting and being with my emotions. Right. A lot of times as men, I think, Harvey, you, you know about this. You have to compartmentalize a lot of emotions. Right. So um, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say wife can yell at you, but wife can yell at you in the morning and get all crazy. But then the kids come in and they're and, and they're being all rowdy and you're and, and, and you're pissed off. But you have to kind of say, you know what, I can't let that anger out on them right now. I got to focus on what I need to get done. And a lot of times as men will come, we'll really put our emotions away on the side for a little bit and then come back. And then, um, and then try to deal with it. But a lot of times we don't ever deal with those emotions. We just let that thing build up to a point of where um, the wife may say like, oh, hey, or the girlfriend might say, hey, I need you to do this. And then you blow up on her for no reason, but it's something that, that's been building up for like six or seven different things that have been building up. I don't know if you deal with that, Harvey. Have you, have you ever dealt with that? I'm sure I have. I'm sure as a human being in general, you know, I'm a pretty low key guy I, and it's by design. I don't, I don't like being upset about things. So, and she will agree with me. She gets upset about things. I do my best wow. to, try to keep things wow. on a level. Wow. I, can't, like, I get mad like twice a year. I think that's the best way to say it. Yes. I, I throw like, you under the bus like that. that. That he does get mad like twice a year. Mm -hmm. But that's when he lets everything out. Like when he's mad, he's like all the way mad. He's like mad on 10. Meanwhile, where I'm mad and I'm mad on like 17. four. I'm mad on like four. Different scales, bro. Most Different of the scales. year. Yes. The year I'm mad on four. Mm -hmm. When he's mad, he's mad on 10. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot. Um, I would say though that really it's it's more of a, a low-key mad where things that he may have been holding in would come out at a later date. 
So we arguing about whatever, like, I don't like the way you folded my socks. Like, stop doing that. <laughs> like, I don't know how many times I have to tell you, I don't like my socks like that. That's true. And bro. then he'd be like, well, I don't know about you with last week. You didn't I'm like, what, what are we talking about? I don't understand how last yeah. came into, we're talking about socks right now. I don't even know. We're not talking about what how I parked talk? the car. Like, it's what not, are you talking about? I mean, Exactly. Yeah, okay. That's that's how I feel when yeah. conversations. What are you talking about? Yes, I I I'll agree with that. And I, <laughs> I do. I'm. It's here's what it is. When I was younger, being just the way I grew up, the family dynamic, I used to get upset a lot, and I just didn't like the way it felt. So I made a conscious effort to not. I mean, you have to work to really, really get me upset. There's anger, real anger in life, and then there's the portrayed anger for the kids when they don't do what they're supposed to. I give them a good stern look or I mind my voice may get loud and then I'm done type of thing. But for me to be really upset, it takes work. I don't like being upset. I think men in general, we don't like confrontation. It's not something we like. So I try to avoid that. And when I get angry, it's typically going to be with my wife. So that's it. And I'm not trying to get in her face or whatever. I'm such so, a nice person. No doubt. No, that's why I only get mad twice a year. So <laughs> so that's so my mood I do that because I it's certain is <laughs> a certain kind of appreciation for my mental health and for my marriage I'm not trying to be mad all the time I'd rather be like the comic relief in our relationship no matter what's going on I want to be you know I might rather be the funny one and she be the straight man type of thing so I try to keep it calm but you're probably right I'm sure she didn't fold my socks the right way <laughs> appreciate the way you looked at me on March 19th at 7 p.m. when I was trying to watch my show. And I didn't say anything then, but I'm mad now. I mean, I don't, that sounds kind of dramatic, but it's entirely possible. Um, but I like the idea of, you know, seeing a therapist and it delve into that. Is it, when a man goes, is it just kind of learning about having feelings? Is it accepting the fact that having feelings isn't a female thing, isn't a feminine aspect or, being, you know, what is it about? For you, what was it about going to therapy that really enlightened you? Or are you still in that enlightenment stage? Where do you stand right now? So I I consider therapy like a journey. I it's it's never ending, right? So there's like so many aspects to me that I'm never gonna fully become a, a woke, if that makes sense. You know, um, I'm never gonna be like my third chakra eye is gonna open up and all this as people meditate and stuff. Like, hey, if you take a little, you know, whatever, TMD, um, psychedelic, and you open up, you see your chakra, like, great for you. But for me, it's a, it's, it's a straight journey. So um, my thing is, it's that I go because I get tools and resources to learn. And I, and I think, I, I hope, if, if I'm not answering your question, like, you know, tell me again and so I can answer it. But for me, it's just like, um, it was just about, like, rediscovering, like, who I am. And, like, emotions aren't feminine, right? So I, it is a, there's a... There's an aspect to how men deal with emotions that I wanted to learn how to deal with them. And then also in terms of going a little deeper was any deep suited rooted issues in my life that I had that I hadn't dealt with before, I wanted to deal with that. So one of the biggest things for me was I know as a little kid, I was always called um, a coon, house negro, um, white, right? People, they, for probably till like from like first grade to about shoot maybe high school 
I was called white boy. So there's a huge identity piece of what it means to be black for me that I, that I, that I always um, had a disconnect with. And then I know for me, go, because of going to therapy, I found out like in high school, I tried so hard to be black. Like I wanted to be a rapper, like 50 cent was my idol. Right. So I wanted to be like 50. Right. So I wanted to sag my pants, wanted to be part of G unit, wanted to be a rapper. So I want, I, anything that was black, I wanted to portray that, essence of being black i portrayed it so hard right and i remember this one altercation where um i was wearing a do-rag one time and, I, and my mom wouldn't allow me to wear a do-rag she wouldn't allow me to sag my pants so i would so i would dress up like carlton banks to go to school my mom had me in khaki pants and all that then i would then i would steal clothes from my cousin that had jeans and all that because it was super baggy i would go outside change and then go to school mm-hmm. right and then come back change again to go back you know so but there was one, this, there was an altercation I had with these, um, it, was, it, it, was a, it was a car full of like, um, full of white kids, right? They went to my high school and all that. They started calling out to me like, hey, yo, what's up, dog? Hey, what's good? Like, and then I was just like, I don't even, I don't even know you like that. But because I had a do-rag on and all that, like they just thought that, that's what it was. So I remember, um, I think it was like my buddy. It was, it was that video and, and, um, and uh, 50 Cent and Gina was talking about like, you know, guns and, and all that. And that's when I, like, I made the connection and I was just like, so because they were doing that, like, I, I, I had no idea what I was doing, right? So I think I'm like a freshman or sophomore. I, no, it's freshman or eighth grade year. Uh, and then one thing I do is like, I start throwing up gang signs. I have no idea what, what I'm throwing up, right? I have no idea what I'm throwing up. This is like, this, and we live in a nice white suburbs, right? You know what I'm saying? This is like right after I leave from like an all black school, go to the suburbs and really try to portray being black. And I'm throwing up gang signs. I have no idea what I'm throwing up. <laughs> and then like, I reach in my bag, like I have a gun and they're like, oh my God, drive off, drive off, drive off. And then, so to me, it's just like, it was like, um, so those are, those are some things that like I never really dealt with, right? So I never really talked about, it. I never really showed, but, 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 the, um, but the deep-rooted issues of being uncomfortable, even in my own skin, when I went to therapy, I figured out, oh my God, like I have this identity issue. Like I'm trying to be black because everyone is telling me like, if you're black, you got to do this, this, and this. Like if you haven't watched all the Fridays, you're not black. And it's like, whoa. Right. I remember being so triggered when people would tell me like, Bertrand, you're not even black, you're white. And I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I would get so offended and I'd get so angry. And I'm just like, yo, why, it, why am I so angry? Right. Like, why am I getting so upset? And so little things like that just help me to realize, okay, why am I upset in this moment? Does this really matter? Or why is it bringing up so much animosity for me? So it, it just really helped me to like little, little things that you don't think that, that would piss you off and that makes you emotional or triggered. You're just like, now you understand why you get to ask yourself those questions instead of just being angry for, for, for no reason. You're like, okay, you have a reason. There's a meaning you're attached to it and you can figure that out and you can dissect it. And then now you can change that pattern and rewire the brain a little better. Makes a lot of sense. I like that. (laughs) We had a whole episode about that for those who have listened to it. Love is identity. It's Mm -hmm. a really good one where we go into backgrounds and our experiences with that type of stuff too. I don't think I ever went too far into trying to be black. Mm -hmm. I mean, I felt like, you know, I just was who I was. Mm-hmm. I, re- I remember when you talking about, you know, you growing up, but you, but you lived in a predominantly black area, right? Where it yeah. was all around you. So you never, I, I, did you ever get the backlash of, of people saying like, Hey, you're not black or you're, or you're, or you're white or feeling, or feeling kind of out of place? 
I mean, I was always kind of the outcast one anyway, being being West Indian, I think it's very similar to being African where they have a higher standard, right? So like my mom was not going to tolerate me trying to be Black American or whatever, adapting too much of the culture of the town. <laughs> like we exactly. lived right there and she didn't want me to be that. So I think I was always kind of an outcast in all situations but i don't know i don't think it made me want to delve too far into being black i just i don't know i think i accept my my weirdness my quirkiness just another struggle we all have struggles that we deal with i've just tried what's sad is i I was thinking about this while i was at work yesterday and it's something that occurred to me is that aside from the times that we're in right now the majority, I think, of society really likes the idea of being black. We like the darker skin, so we tan. We like the music, so we listen to it. A lot of these things. That, but now, it, may, it occurred to me that your situation growing up is very much the same as mine. I spent a lot of time trying to be black. And I'm black. I don't have to try. I woke up this way. I came out <laughs> from door. But aside from society, just even within our own culture, within our own, with our own people, it's hard. Like being black is so cool that being black isn't enough sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Being so, a black so just being black in it, you have to be black and this, and then you have to hit certain point. I'm like, no, I don't. I woke up. I'm black. People jokes about how dark I am. That makes me black. I don't. Just, <laughs> dark. I can be black. I <laughs> I cuss the country music and I'm black, but I understand. But I understand exactly what you mean. But I was thinking about that. That we get it a lot from maybe Caucasian, but nobody, I don't know if anybody's really as hard on ourselves as we are on each other. True. So yeah. men, black people, women with women in general, I think women are harder on themselves, on women than anybody else. We're terrible. It's just, there's so much, so much, I, I don't know, toxicity that's coming at us that it seems like going to find somebody to talk to, to kind of release all the stress in life, all the garbage. Yes thrown at you. Uh, talking to somebody's got to be a good release. And not even for dating, but even more basic, just for your own well-being. Right. Yeah. You can walk around this earth and just be comfortable. Just yeah. Comfortable. You're not dating anybody, right? You know, you can't. Oh, man. Somebody. Right. So. That's, I, I agree with you 100%. I don't mean to cut you off um, no, at all. But um, that's that's the one thing that 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 I felt that I had a leg up on a lot of men, right? This is where this gets super super. I get super ego, e- egotistical about this, right? Is that most men need women to validate themselves? Like I don't need a woman to validate me. Like I can go out with my boys, have a good time at the club, go drink, and I don't need to pick up chicks. Like back in the day, said like, oh man, I gotta get like ten numbers. I gotta get a, I got I gotta get sma- like we we have to smash like two girls this weekend or something like that to like feel validated right like i remember this one guy in, in, in college was like yeah if i don't sleep with at least one girl on this weekend then i'm not even a man i'm like whoa like whoa dog like wh- like really you know so to me it was just like now for me me being able to go out and not having to pursue women and me just having a good time i feel like i attract more women to me and more high quality women to me because i'm just like i'm chill i'm laid back they don't feel that awkward they don't feel that awkwardness of me trying to like like you know 
trying to seduce them. Like, it's just like real honest conversation. It's just that vibe, right? And then naturally it's just like, oh, hey, here's my number. Let's meet up, let's talk, you know? So it's not even like I'm trying to get it. Now it's just like, oh, it's, it's now coming to me instead of me actually trying to pursue it because naturally I'm just in my space and people want to be around that like nice, calm vibe. You know what I mean? Someone that's just really chill, you know, they're about their business. You're just kind of like, oh, I like that. I want to be around that more, you know, versus you trying to go hunt it and get it down. You know what I'm saying? That makes a lot of sense, yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of characteristics in that that women are attracted to. And I think it's because it's a little bit of a challenge, too. It's almost something that you feel like you can't have. Like, you know, oh, like, he's not interested in anybody, but I'm sure he'll be interested in me. (laughs) (laughs) So now you're like, oh, let me go see what that guy's into, you know. Yes. Don't give away my secrets. Let's 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 change topics. Let's change topics. <laughs> Don't worry about it, bro. <laughs> All right. So we've covered the financial preparation and mental preparation. Is there any sort of like physical preparation? Do you think you need to come into the relationship or be prepared to date or be in a relationship with any sort of physical preparation? Oh, one hundred percent. Um. Your, your body is your temple, right? So take care of it. So eat. So I, I would say eat um, 80 to 90% of the time, eat God's food. So food that's like natural, healthy, and then 10% of the time, go out and eat man-made food. So pretty simple. Just take care of yourself, you know, because whatever you put in your body is what's going to come out, right? And energy is neither created nor destroyed. So if you're putting bad energy in that body, then you're going to get bad energy out. And how you feel about yourself. So if you're not getting adequate sleep, if you're not hydrated enough, like it, it affects your mood. It affects who you are yourself. So it's great that, you know, you're going to therapy and doing all this. But if you don't really, you know, put all of it together holistically and take care of your physical health, then at the end of the day, you're just it's um, it's a it's a slow physical death, but it's a great mental feel. You know, and it's just then you don't want that. I like that. I like the way you phrase that. Me too, that's good. So here's, <laughs> here's a question. So we did, we talked about, you know, what, what we talked about, the mental and the physical and the financial, but the physical. So one thing we had mentioned that you've been abstinent for a few years, so no sex and such. Yes. So a question I have is, what have you, what did you gain and what did you expect to gain by not having sex? Oh, man. So... <clears throat> So it, um, man, this is so funny. So at first, like the, I'm not gonna lie to you. The first 90 days was the hardest thing in the world. I felt like, I felt like I was a crackhead and I couldn't get a hit. I swear to God. Uh, because, because <laughs> on, because the whole thing on my mind was like, don't have sex, don't have sex. You know, so you're, a- so like, I'm actively having it now. I'm like, cause you know, I have a girlfriend and I'm actually having, then I like decide like, Hey, no, we're not having sex. You know? And then my girlfriend's like, really? And I'm, she's like, and I'm like, yeah. And so now we're choosing not to do that, right? That's like when I first started. And um, the first nine days was like, oh man, I failed. All right, you know what, I'm, after this, I'll, I promise I won't do this. <laughs> <laughs> you better, man. The next, fail again, like two more days fail, two more days fail. So, um, so the thing I was looking for was the, I, I've read a lot of benefits about it, right? Where you get like this clarity of mind, you um, kind of feel superhuman. A lot of people say that stuff and you're able to really focus on a lot of things. There's a great book, Think and Grow Rich, that talks about like sexual transmutation, where you take all that sexual energy, you put it into your business or you put it into your relationships or life. So I was really expecting to feel like this like jolt of energy and this like um, amazing charge to go do something. But really for me, um, 
I, I think naturally I already have all that. Like I feel energetic and energy and energy at the time I was, I was, um, I was giving it to me not having sex, but now that I'm on the other side and I've, and like, I've, I've stopped that whole process. You know what I'm saying? And now comparing the two again, I can tell you that like, it, it's a great mental feel, but what it is, it's like, if, if I would, if, if, excuse me, if I go back to it now again, and the, now I'm going back to it, it's because I'm attaching my goal to it of preparing for fatherhood, right? So preparing to like find somebody that's a quality mate now. So it's like not just giving my body to somebody just to give it, but like not just have sex, just to have sex. But now it's like, I'm having sex because me and you're going to go build something together. We're going to go, you know, leave a legacy behind. So what I really found with the whole thing that really, it just empowered me to make choices for myself, right? So a lot of things that I used to do, like I used to wear certain clothes. I used to, um, um, talk a certain way, things I did, I just found that like, I was doing it because I was trying to attract the opposite sex, right? I was like forcing myself, you know what I mean? And a lot of subconscious things that we don't know that, you know, we're doing because of that. And I figured that out. I was just like, wow, there's a lot of things I'm doing because I want attention of women. I wasn't doing it because I like it. I was doing it because I want attention of women. So um, like certain clothes I was wearing, right? So like I would go out, even when I was going out to the club and I was spending money, I was just, I was really just spending money just because I wanted to get like someone, to, I want someone to hear like, oh, he spent $500 on a bottle or he did this or that, or hey, he got this on. It's just like, ah, nah, I don't really need that. You know, so now that pressure is off for me. I'm like, uh, and now I'm like, damn, so what do I do? Oh, I can just chill. Oh, right, cause I can just, instead of, instead of being, instead of being that fool that goes out to the dance floor and gets all like sporadic and goes all crazy, like, I can go do that now because I'm not, I don't care if I'm picking you up or not. I'm just going out there. I'm gonna have fun. Right. I don't need to look cool with anybody because shoot, uh, I could just be myself. I think it forced me to really be myself more than anything. And just me authentically myself without, um, any motives or, or scheming behind it, if that all makes sense. It definitely does. Especially that freedom of self part that makes yeah. a whole lot of sense. Yeah. And I think that would, that part of it, is definitely a one percent man thing. Oh, agree. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like that's that's one yeah. percent of men. Sorry, even less. Even. Less. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna play um, male devil's advocate with you on this. Okay. You had mentioned the uh, the abstinence previously. Yes. When I hear you know deciding not to have sex, I kind of equate that to you know you're in a relationship, and you know, I guess in the past, it used to be guy, girl, date, whatever. She's living at home. You guys get together, married, move in together. And that's us. Now it's, you know, you can be dating somebody and then you guys move in together. It's almost spring training. If you're a baseball fan before the season starts, (laughs) it's get together, hanging out, getting to know each other type of thing. So let's say, let's take that and we just transpose and talk about sex. Sex is always going to be an important part of a relationship. 100%. Yes, it is. So if you don't have sex with somebody until you're married, and hopefully this never happens, what if you build a great relationship, mentally you together, physically you together, spiritually you together, you guys are built, you've got wealth, you're going to be happy, everything is good, like vacations twice a year. (laughs) Sex is ass. So what do you think? Is that I, I, a possibility, and what happens if it is? Wait, wait, wait. Say, say it one more time, the last part. So my question is, is everything else, everything else is good. Everything is yes. You guys are together. This is the person you want to be with, and you know that in spite of not having sex. Then you get married, you go through everything, and then when you do have sex with the person, that's lacking. 
Mm. So what did you think? How would you respond to that? And obviously, hopefully that's not something you'd ever have to deal with. I know I haven't. Yeah. But in terms of relationship, what would you think? What would be the response if you had a client who said that? I don't want to have the risk of being married to this woman. And then when it comes to that part, which is really important to me, it's not good. So we're, so we're rich, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Rich. Yes. Okay. And we take vacations we're twice rich. a... Yeah, we're rich or we're comfortable. We, we're not... Comfortable? Gates Ridge. Everything or, else is good is okay. essentially what he's yeah, trying to say. Exactly. That's it, down. Then, so my argument to that is always like, if, if everything else is good, then we got time to practice, right? And we got time to talk and communicate. And I can tell you what I like, what I don't like. You can tell me what you like, what you don't like. Um, there's YouTube videos, right? There's like instructional videos. <laughs> There's, right? <laughs> I mean, there are. This, I don't think they call that. Well, I, I was gonna say this is. <laughs> this is very. This is. I'm just saying, like, there's there's instructional videos out there that you can that you can watch. There's there's uh there's this. Right <laughs> but you have but you have professional uh, sex coaches that can come in and help you out if you want to if you want to delve and get in a coach and someone to help you. But uh, I talk about the, at the end of the day, like, if everything else is good like sex is the least of my concern because it's, it's always, I've always had, I've always had great sex with people that I'm able to communicate with that I'm able to talk to about. Um, and, and, and we're able to like, you know, have sex and be like, you know what? I really didn't like this. Right. And then we can talk about it, then do it again. And then, and it gets better because now we're married. So that means we, all we're going to do is practice and we're only going to get better here. You know what I mean? So that's so nice. We're married and all we're going to do is practice. Oh, <laughs> we have four kids i'm just saying we don't have as much okay. time to practice before ever. we had four kids don't you think it's gotten better over time oh well clearly well oh, there you go that's not right. oh wow i'm not i'm not gonna put you i'm not gonna put you out there like that oh whatever we can no reason i brought that up is because yeah. that's gonna be that's gonna be um, a you know a rational question for a male who's used to just having sex and whatever and that being a staple of a relationship that that's kind of an expectation and you pulling the rug out that's a big thing to have True. A or anyone in general say you know what? i'm not gonna have sex at all yes so i need to i need to see you know in the rainbow what's the benefit of not having sex and waiting and, I, the, and the fear of it not working out type of thing so i think i mean i hear you i think I think I agree with you more than I did before when you first mentioned it. <laughs> I think it's still a valid question that somebody yes. used to having sex. Also, no, no sex. So I think, you know, I think it was a question. I kind of, okay, so I'm going to say this. I'm not going to lie to you. I do disagree because, yes, it's a valid question, but it's really not that valid because at the end of the day, like sex is such a small part of your relationship, right? It's, it's like, yes, yes, it's really huge. And yes, it's the most pleasurable part because like, that's the, that's like where all the emotions and intensity and it's a build up to, right? But look at the, look, look at the flip side of that, right? Playing devil's advocate on devil's advocate. So what if, what if, what, what if, if like, she's, she's an Instagram model, right? She's beautiful. Right or or it's or it's um I think it's Idris Elba right for you, Chris. No, Morris Chestnut. Morris Chestnut, right? You always talk about Morris, right? So if Morris Chestnut, right? You you you're like, oh, it's amazing, right? And then um, but but you really find out that he's just he's a bad person. He doesn't communicate and all that stuff, right? But all that is great. 
right on the flip side for that that's just a bad that's such a bad um that's just a such a bad example but yeah because on the flip i might stick around for i might yeah that wasn't the dude better so i'm gonna say kids she to watch some of them videos with morris chestnut (laughs) stick with you mo i know it wasn't good this time but after time number 473 we'll get it and yeah. even if you don't communicate well, just make sure you walk around the house with no shirt on. And you know, <laughs> and yeah, she's willing to stick it out for that dude. I'll tell you that. I, to me, it's just always like, I always hear stories of men and women, right? Of like, we have a lot of women that work hard, but then all the guys, all the guys can do is have sex. Like, he's great at having sex, but he doesn't have a job, no ambition, no drive, no nothing, right? And then you're basically carrying this dude for like your whole time in this relationship, right? But you're like, well, the reason why you're with them is because you can't think straight, right? Because when you're having sex with somebody, you make you red. The red flags don't pop up. The red flags that are so red to you that kind of turn into pink. You're like, uh, well, and you you rationalize in your mind that they're gonna get better. Very true. And the best thing I can say is, um, for me, and the reason why I, I'm like a diehard, like you know, if you're if you really want to figure out if you really want to be with somebody, don't have sex with them. And then all the stuff that you really think about them is going to pop up because I actually dated a girl um, that was, that I didn't know, you know, I'm going to tell the story. She told me we're, we were cuddling. She was like, Hey, look, I'm a, Hey, I'm, I'm divorced. I was like, Oh, Hey, that's fine. That's fine. You know what I mean? She said, I am divorced. Just keynote phrase there. Right. Mm-hmm. One day she's chilling at my house with me. She met my mom already. Everything's going good. Then we go outside. Her car is gone. Oh right gone like i mean like gone i'm like she's like yeah my car is gone i said whoa well, well let's call the police she's like no let's not call the police i'm like what do you mean your car like somebody stole your car like let's call the police right first red flag right your car gets stolen You're, you super chill about it don't want to call the police just go get a rental okay fine you know what i mean i'm like okay maybe i get it you don't want to call the police whatever you know what i'm saying go back inside have sex we sleep whatever right um second s- second time right Hey, I'm gonna come over to your house. All right, cool. Hey, I'm waiting for you, right? She works late, so she gets off late. She comes, it's like one, two o'clock in the morning. Uh, she calls me, she's like, hey, I'm coming over. Does and after that, I'm like, all right, it's like 30 minutes past. I don't live that far from where she works, right? So 30 minutes past, no, I don't hear anything from her. Then after that, um, the next two days, I get a text, hey, sorry, I just got busy and swamped. We work at the same place. I was off that day. I know you were there because, you know what I mean? Other people told me you were there. And then I'm just like, okay, that's a little weird. Red flag again, but I'm like, ah, you know what? I mean, the sex is good, so whatever, right? Like, I'm not really thinking about it. I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, I got it. Like, I'm a bad communicator. You're a bad communicator. Rationalize it, right? Last but not least, I'm pouring my heart out to her, right? We're in the car um, and all that. And then, like, I'm just, I'm, you know, the the... It was just a, it was just one of those like midlife young men crisis where you're just like I don't know what I'm doing with my life like oh my god like ah <laughs> so um, then a car almost hits us like currency the park star almost hits us I'm like man that car really needs to like watch out then like somebody comes on my like walk, then somebody gets out that car slams the door she says oh shit I'm like oh shit like and I'm I I haven't said anything here right somebody walks on, on my side is like, get out the car and not speaking very great English. Just a short woman that tells me get out the car. Come to find out she's married to a whole woman. They are going through divorce. Oh. So all those red flags of when she got a text message or a phone call and she had to get out the room and go take the phone call and all that, go outside and go on the phone. Like all that stuff in my head 
like I rationalized all of it because we were having sex, right? Because we're having sex. So all those red flags, I'm just like, man, if I really would have thought with my brain, not with my second head, then I probably would not be in the situation right now, right? Because my mentor told me some woman could have come up to you, blown, like, blown your chest out, right? And like could have killed you for no reason. And you wouldn't even known why. Because this woman is married to a whole woman that you don't even know about. You know what I mean? Over here. And you're just over here like, dang, well, I can't believe this. Right. So this is why I always say, like, it's best that you don't have sex with somebody because all those red flags that start popping up. And I know you hate Steve Harvey and Steve Harvey says, wait, 90 days. I tell people, like, don't even wait 90 days. Like, like, give it like really build a relationship, really build some time because it's so easy to just get drawn into somebody through like social media, through Instagram pictures. They can, they can look like this person. You can make up in your mind that, oh, my God, this person's beautiful. They're amazing. When really they are really they all the filters and all that look good, but deep down inside, what is that person truly like? You never really get to know if you're having sex with them like off, right off the bat, right? Because you don't really build that human to human connection and get to know them for them. You just know them for like the, what their body can do for you. And at the end of the day, we're human. So that pleasure factor of run the pleasure, run away from pain, right? So it's painful to be single and try to go find somebody, but it's easier to have sex with this person that I already have, I'm already having sex with. So it's harder to break away. That's not even like even going into like religion and all that. I'm just saying like from a point of like just um, from a point of just like sex, like what sex is and how and how it binds us together, right? Yeah, I think yeah. that's the whole word. Like you wow. just <laughs> soul. Like you, you, you cured some of my my past hangups and like those terrible relationships I was in because I was always dating like a pretty boy, like one of yeah, the- with no money. <laughs> Yeah, one of those guys who looked so much better. <laughs> Yo, she's she's picking up the check. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. When I, I I heard that in one of your episodes, and I laughed. She's got this. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. What's the how? How's the on like how like how as a man do you go out with somebody who's like yeah she's gonna pick up the check? I, there are men out there that do that. I've dated a few of them. There. We're not. We're yeah. I'm not friends with them. We're not, <laughs> we're not in the same category. Because they want you to pick up the check if you go out to eat and have drinks. That's why you're not friends with them. True. <laughs> true. True. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think this is kind of lead in a little bit. Um, entrepreneur, she's out there, B. Simone. In a recent interview with Nick Cannon, she stated a preference for dating fellow entrepreneurs as opposed to those of traditional nine to five. So what do you think, what are your thoughts about that type of situation, somebody who's not really in your same, you know, um, work capacity, probably not in the same financial bracket and so forth? Harvey, I want to I hear what you think. Okay. <laughs> you know, what, what, what I find interesting is that only seems to be a one-way street. I, you know... As the man, I need to be, I need to be in this certain status. I need to have yes. an order. I need to be able to support. I need to be able to be the man. I should be the one paying for dinner when I go out, when we go out together. What kind of man expects his woman to be? <laughs> so we kind of, so society is interesting. Women don't have to at all. Women could be broke, yes. kids, yes. ED. Preach. Doesn't have a real doesn't have a picture of where she's going to be in life. Wow. And she can find somebody. She can find a man. She can have a life, a relationship. 
it's a one-sided affair. The man has to be, has to be tipped, has to be ready. The woman just has to be around. If she's cute enough, the better looking you are, the less you have to bring to the table. And that's just, so hearing that, I'm like, that's ridiculous. I hear that, I'm running. Like, I, I, I don't get through the first sentence. Oh, I need a man who's this. Oh, he has to have at least this. I, you can at least find somebody else, because I'm not saying. I'm like, I refuse to be in a relationship where there's certain standards that are only one-sided. So I thought all of that was absolutely ridiculous. There are plenty of people who work nine to fives, who take care of their families, who do a hard day's work, civic, civil workers who have insurance, 401ks, who are taken care of and take care of themselves and a family. But because she is like some, she works at night or something and he doesn't own his own business and she's not good enough for her. That was some garbage. And I expect her to be alone for a long time. <laughs> somebody, she's still going to be lonely. Because the kind of person she's getting up with is going to be the same kind of person she is. And I didn't find much value with her. With that kind of commentary, mm. I'm not real, real shady. Really shady. So, yeah. that's what I think. What do you think? <laughs> I felt, I, I, really, I really feel like nine to five men are really like almost shamed. Especially like black nine to five men are like real shamed. Right? Mm. We're always put down as like, man, even if you're working nine to five, but I'll say this, the term that she used was like hustling entrepreneur. And I was, and like the term hustler in itself, it, we all know like term hustler, like, oh, hey, I'm a hustler, baby. Um, that's like, you're, it's almost like just perpetrating like the stereotype of like being a drug dealer or whatever, right? Because that's, that's what came to my mind. I was like, I don't, there's no hustling entrepreneur, either you're entrepreneur or you're not. And that term hustling entrepreneur is like, we, it almost gives us a bad rep too, right? as well because it's like all these like all these men that work hard and have legit jobs um and then you have all these other men too like and I, I don't mean to go deep into this but like black you know convicts that come out that can't get a job and they have to go back and hustle like when you that term hustling it, it that's that's not a like that's not a positive term for our community so mm -hmm. that's one thing too and then a lot of times too is that like like harvey said our men are not valued unless they are bringing something to the table right? Especially nine to five men. It's like, oh, well, I don't get the check till two weeks. It's like, she may have to wait. But nowadays, in just in our fast paced society where everybody has like a sugar daddy or sugar mama, where they can just get money just like that. Um, it's just wild to me. So for me, I totally get that's your preference. All right, I get it. But do I expect you to be single for a while? Yes, you're going to be single for a while, because there's not a lot of men like that, that can that can, um, that are going to put up with that type of attitude, right? They're going to put up with that type of um, demeanor. Now, I'm not saying she has an attitude. I don't even know her, right? Like, I've just seen videos of her and stuff like that. But if that's what you're expecting out of somebody, you're going to be, you, you're going to see that there's, um, there's a great pool of that. But those type of men require you to actually raise your standard as well. So there's certain things that you're going to have to change too as well to fit that lifestyle, right? Or, because yet again, not to cut you off, or they're not going to expect anything from you. And I'm going to have this status. And yes. Be the cute girl that you can just be the window dressing and we're going to have sex, whatever. And yeah, I'll throw you some money to go buy shopping. Yep. Like, and either way, it's, it's, I think that's the kind of guy she wants anyway. I don't think she's prepared for that. But she works for Nick Cannon, though. So isn't she a nine to five worker? Mm, mm, mm. If she works on, on, I mean, even if she's even if she's ten ninety nine, I think she's trying to say that. I think she's just trying to say that she wants somebody who would understand her lifestyle and not really try to dampen it. But I think that balance is a very good thing to have. But like for me, being a, a entrepreneur and working all the time and like 
crazy, crazy. I think it's good that Harvey is the balance to that and that he will say, like, you know, okay, I think it's time for you to, like, chill. Like, yeah. Two in the morning, you you don't have to send that email. You're aware that the other person probably is also sleeping. Like they're not they're not up to answer that email. You could send it in the morning. That is fine. And so I think it's good to have that balance too. And that's what she might be missing in having another person who would go that hard. Who would it be three a.m. and they're like, yeah, no, you gotta get that email out. Like get that out. You didn't change that. <laughs> Like, do it now, because that's how they're thinking. So they're going to be almost button heads at time where you wouldn't really find time for each other because you're so involved in whatever it is you were both doing. Sometimes it's good to have balance. That's my take on it. I was going to say, so there's two things. One, um, what was I even going to say? One, I was, what was I going to Man, I just like that thought just like came and gone right fast. Uh, wow, and it just hit and it was gone. <laughs> okay, right. I'll, I'll say this. I don't know, maybe this will help you. I hear what you're saying about her, and maybe it's just because how I see these videos near people talking. I don't give her that much credit when I hear you, when I hear her talking. I don't think it's all oh, it doesn't understand the lifestyle, blah blah blah. It really felt, felt financial to me. It really oh. felt like I need somebody who has money, who, because she's like, has to own a business or whatever. I can own a business. I can be an entrepreneur and be home at six o'clock and not have work overnight. So to me, the fact that she kept mentioning is an entrepreneur and Nick Cannon said something about, you know, CEO type of stuff. It really felt to me like she needed somebody with some money. If I have money, I can, I can deal with any lifestyle. If I'm a doctor and I have money and whatever, and if you out and date and I can do that a few times, I can go to that, but I can't be broke and do stuff like that. I feel like with her, this person has to have money so that they can be with me and be out there while I'm hustling and doing whatever. It's not being in a relationship. It's having somebody who can be with me, alongside me, somebody who can just run the same race I'm in as opposed to running a race with somebody together. And that's why I feel like she's not going to find a partner She's going to find somebody who will tag along. She's not going to find a person who's with her, who's in the business with her, or wants to do something different with her. I think you're going to find it's not going to end up being the relationship that she wants until she calms down and realizes that if you're going to be in a relationship and maybe all the stuff that you're doing now, you don't do with this person you're with. Maybe you do something else because now you're a couple, not just one person. And that, I didn't get that vibe from her. I didn't get the vibe that she wants a relationship. I think she wants a partnership and there's a difference. I have a partner, but we're in a relationship. This is my wife. And a lot of stuff that we do, we didn't start that way when we got together. We're in a totally different place in our lives. We started one way, we're somewhere completely different. And you have to leave an opening for that. And she has no leeway for that, which I found pretty surprising. Which is why I just didn't like the video anyway. I, I totally agree. If she, if she would have said, I want to date a man that has that can make his own money and, and create his own opportunities, that probably would have been like, okay, I get it, right? I totally get it. You just don't want to meet a man that's broke. If she would have said that, I would have been all right with that because then at the end of the day, that's what, that's what entrepreneurs are. They, they are people that create and make their own money, right? They have their own schedule and they have their own time, right? So I think the wording and the way she said it was probably what got a lot of people upset. Because at the end of the day, 
if she's a, if she if she's a one woman team, she doesn't have a team. She's really not. She's really not a business owner. She's she's just a she's just a sole proprietorship by herself, right? She's in it by herself. You don't have a team and everything, then you really don't have a business. You don't have systems to scale everything up by yourself. Like, and if, excuse me, if you're all by yourself, then you're really not a business owner. And then um, so I agree with you, Harvey. Money, money, money. And then the next thing too was I remember Trey Songs was on the Breakfast Breakfast Club talking about his dating life, and he said it's hard to date because. Um, for her, it's going to be hard. She's going to be single for a while too, because someone's going to have to give up something, right? If you, if you guys really want to have a relationship versus a partnership, right? Because then, because imagine she dated like a guy like Trey Songz or Nick Cannon, where Nick has to fly here and there and do this. And she has to fly there, here, here, and do this. Well, you're not talking for three, five days, right? At a time. When I was running my business full time as a, as a personal trainer online, coaching women, I didn't have time to text and talk because I had a team of people that I had to talk to. I had women that I had to coach online and hop on calls with from literally from 5 a.m. to about 10, from about 10 at night, Monday through Sunday, Monday through Monday, right? And I was, I was the only person in my business doing that until I got a team, scaled it, and then, you know, crashed and burned it. But then again, even though I was making good money, at the same time, I didn't have time to like sit down and be like, oh, hey, girl, let me call. You know, I have to go to sleep right now because I have to wake up at 5 a.m right? Like I'm super tired. There is no time to really like build that thing with you. So if you, if you're down for that lifestyle, great, but just know when you're 30, 45, that's when you'll probably settle down and be single and actually have a real lovey dovey, like, you know, hold their hands, take Instagram pictures together, unless you like take them all advance in one day and then have them for later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, definitely. There's a need. It's, it's necessity to have balance. I would definitely say so. But I do like your concept of this 1% man. It, it's definitely something I think people should take a look into because this mental preparation, physical preparation, financial preparation, it, it makes a whole lot of sense to make sure that you're showing up to whoever is your future mate as your best self because we've got to be our best selves. We got to know ourselves, love ourselves before we can give any of that to someone else. So I do, I do think that, you know, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you, Coach B, for coming on our podcast and for sharing with our lovely audience. Mm. I'm sure they greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. No problem. Here's the last question because we yes. got up and down all serious and such. <laughs> I like to end, you know, hopefully as we have more guests and, you know, we'll have interesting and provocative discussions. But I like to <laughs> calm. Most of this 1% men, this, a lot of it is about preparing yourself for a relationship. Yes. So be your best self with somebody. Who's the celebrity crush of yours that if you're preparing yourself for now and you knew you could get her, who's that girl? Who is it? Man. Um, celebrity crush that can i uh, only one three whatever i mean for, me, <laughs> for her it's mo chess so yeah. i just have well i don't know i have three but it's like sana loving that i think so, i think yeah i think i think me and you're the same harvey so um because she's stealing my no she can't the girl in loving basketball right oh that was it i fell in love like <laughs> into that movie i'm like that's it it was a wrap oh my goodness um I think um, that um, Nia Long, I really, I really like Nia Long. Um, and then um, I would say Summer Walker too, cause she's very, she's like multi-talented. 
like musician. She she can she so I, I found out like she's very talented. She can play music all, all types of music. Um she's just not like a pretty face, you know what I'm saying? Right. So right. that's so that, that was something that really um I love a lot. Uh man. Shoot, you know, it's it's crazy. I really don't I don't track a lot of celebrities. I I like women in real life because they're you know <laughs> look at you. I like yeah. I like that. It's really, yeah. I like women in real life. Yes. I like like this man in real life, but then I also like Morris Chestnut. (laughs) He he exists. He's here in real life. Yes. Anyway. um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. It was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you. And just let us know really quick or let our, our listeners know where they can connect with you or follow you on social media, any websites, anything that you need them to know. How do they get in touch with you? So the best way to follow me will be um, on all social media platforms at B-N-G-A-N-P-A um, or at Bean and Gampa. That's my last name. And then, um, well, excuse me, first initial last name and all social media platforms. Send me a message. You can also um, go to my website. It's not done yet, but it's uh, the 1% man. It'll, it'll be up. And then uh, coachbn.com. It should be up in the near future. So two, hopefully two to three months. So we should be up and running. And then we should have our, um, as well, as, as well have all, all that, you know, fun stuff too, to, for them to follow us and join us as well. All right. Awesome. And you guys can find all of that information in the show notes. And we will make sure that we spell everything correctly. Thank you. Time, <laughs> Bertrand. It has been awesome. I think we've definitely come to the conclusion that love is masculine. Love is many things. But this good love is black. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Love is Black podcast. Please help support the podcast by subscribing and leaving a review. And connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Love is Black podcast. See you next week.